to Deuteronomy 34, which we read earlier. We're going to read verse 1 through 7 again. Deuteronomy 34. Amen. And we're going to read verse 1 through 7. Amen. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev and the whole region from the Valley of Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zor. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I've let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord has said. He buried him. I want you to notice it says he buried him. Let's talk about God. God buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was a hundred and 20 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. If you noticed in your bulletin, the title to our sermon this morning is, When God Says No. Amen. When God Says No. Now that's a subject that most people don't like to hear. Amen. Because most people want to hear, confess it, believe it, and receive it. Amen. And while I believe that as well, I stand on God's word for what it says. I believe that if God promised something in his word that it belongs to me, and I'm not going to back off from that. But you need to know that sometimes God will have to tell you no. You say, Pastor, what do you mean that God has to tell us no? Can you explain why you say he has to do it? Like he doesn't have any other choice. Well, prayerfully, you remember the sermon from last week. When we talked about the wonderful relationship that Moses had with God, we talked about how they walked and they talked with each other and we saw how God personally took Moses and placed him in the cleft of the rock and we know that the cleft of the rock was a type of Christ. You may remember from the liturgical reading that uh, uh, Desiree did earlier where God said that in all of Israel, there has never been another prophet like Moses because the Lord would talk to him face to face. Amen. Now, 
when you think about all of that and you think about the fact that the sermon is when God has to say no, you know that something must have happened in the relationship between Moses and God. You know that something must have happened. And I want to let you know right now that it did not, what happened did not cause God's love for Moses to change. I, I need you to know that before we go any further in the sermon, okay? I need to let you know that God's love for Moses did not change, and it also did not change the fact that God still continued to use Moses. Mm -hmm. So the question that we need to do is, we need to look at this scripture text we just read just a little closer. It says that Moses climbed the, to the mount, top of Mount Nebo and he saw all of the, the uh, land and so forth. Then in verse 4 it said, The Lord said to him, This is the land that I promised on an oath to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And he says, I promised that I would give it to their descendants. He says, I have now let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. Now, I don't know how many of you ever listened to Martin Luther, Luther King's speech or any of you ever heard where Martin Luther King says, I've been to the mountaintop and I've seen the promised land. Well, this is where Martin got that uh, text from. Okay, when God took Moses to the top of the mountaintop and he showed him the promised land, but he told Moses, you will not be permitted to enter in. Now, my brothers and sisters in Christ, prayerfully somebody in here is interested enough to ask, what caused Moses not to be allowed to enter into the promise. What caused Moses not to be allowed to enter into the promise of Almighty God? What caused God to have to tell Moses no? And when we look at the answer as to why God had to tell him no, my prayer is that it will click in your mind and in your spirit, and perhaps show you why sometimes God has to tell you no to the, some of the prayers that you pray. Amen. I'm hoping this morning that this lesson or this sermon will not just show you what happened to Moses, but will also to uh, reveal to us what we need to look for in our lives to see if there's these same things going on in our life that will cause God to have to say no to some of our prayers. So the first thing you got to do is you got to turn to Numbers, the book of Numbers, the 20th chapter, and we're going to look at verses 2 through 12. Numbers, the book of Numbers, it's like the third book, fourth book, something like that in the Bible. The book of Numbers, the 20th chapter. When you find it, speak to you, me, Lord. Everybody have it? 
Numbers 20, verse 2 to 12. Everybody have it? Okay. Now there was no, now I need you to pay attention to this. There was no water for the community and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord, why did you allow or bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die there or die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grains or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meetings and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour water out of its, uh, pour out of it water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. Keep watching. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and the livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land that I give them. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we got to dissect this. We got to dissect this so you understand what's going on. I want you to notice that first of all, this whole incident started with the people fussing and complaining against Moses. They were alleging that Moses had brought them into the wilderness to die. They were complaining that they didn't like the food they had. And worst of all, they didn't have anything to drink. Okay, so I want you to notice that one thing that we can commend Moses for is him and Aaron did not stay there arguing with the people. Amen. Scripture says that they immediately went to the tent of meetings. The tent of meetings is like the temple or the church. And scripture says that they fell what? Face down before the Lord. Notice what else it says. This is so important. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The question God told me to ask you is, when was the last time that you fell 
face down before Almighty God. God says some of the reasons that our prayers are not getting through is because our prayers are not important enough or not intense enough inside of us that we feel the need to humble ourselves before Almighty God and to fall face down before Him. Notice when they humbled themselves before God, the glory of God appeared to them. My brothers and sisters in Christ, you need to know that whenever you humble yourself before God, whenever you prostrate yourself before God, I want you to know that God is going to appear on the scene and he's going to tell you what it is you need to do. Amen. So Moses, God spoke to Moses and Aaron. And he said, take the staff, get the people all together again. And I want you to go to the rock and I want you to speak to the rock. And when you speak to the rock, water is going to come out of the rock. God has given them explicit instructions. Speak to the rock. But notice what Aaron did. Mm -hmm. Scripture says he gathered the people like God told him to. But what does he do? He says to the people, listen, you rebels. Must we bring water out of the rock? And he raised his arm and he struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. What does God say to him? God said, because you did not trust me enough to honor me. You did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. You did not trust me enough, okay, to honor me in the sight of the Israelites. And so you will not be allowed to bring this community into the promised land. Mm -hmm. What is it that Moses did that God had to tell him no? There are four things that Moses did that, that God had to tell him no. And the first thing that scripture says that God, he did was the fact that he did not trust God. Amen. Amen. He did not. Isn't that what God said out of his mouth? In another place in scripture, it says that he broke faith with God. He broke faith with God. And brothers and sisters in Christ, you know and I know that God tells us in his word that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So Moses broke faith with God. Moses did not trust God. When he approached the people in anger, when he approached the people in anger, he was showing that he broke faith with God and he was showing that he did not trust God and he was showing that he did not, uh, he felt like he was handling this all on his own. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know how to get it, get it from your head to your heart mm -hmm. because I, I'm not a surgeon, but I want you to know that God told me to ask you how many times has he told you to trust him? Mm. How many times has he told you to trust him? And how many times have you broke faith with God? 
because you did not trust him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you have got to know that if God says something, that you can believe it and you can stand on it. I felt so frustrated in, in Bible study yesterday and we were in one portion of, of Proverbs and I can't remember what it was, but it was, we were talking about uh, the children and, and did the children feel safe, your children feel safe and secure and so forth. And the scripture that God showed us was anybody who trusts in the Lord that their children would have a safe refuge. Y'all remember that? But we we walk around and we're afraid for our children and we don't want them to be able to do this and that and go here and there. And God said, why is it that you cannot trust me with your child? I gave your child to you in the first place. Why is it that you can't trust me Amen. when I tell you something? Amen. So when we don't trust God, we break faith with God. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, you've got to know that when you don't trust God, God has to tell you no Amen. to some of your prayers. Amen. Amen. Some of your prayers, the answer will be no, simply because you did not trust and because you broke faith with God. What is the other reason? I told you there was four. Mm -hmm. The other reason was when Moses went and called the people, he started yelling at them. Remember? Mm -hmm. He said, listen, you rebels. So what is he doing? He is now angry with the people that God had given to him to minister to. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means he's gone from being in the spirit with God. Just seconds or minutes before, he was in the temple meeting with God on his face, praying the spirit of God came in and manifested uh, himself and, and spoke to him. But now he has gone from being in the spirit with God to moving in the flesh with people. Amen. Amen. Adrian, you got to get that. Amen. He has gone from moving in the spirit with God to moving in the flesh with the people. I know that you all know what that means because so many of you have done the same thing. You've been in church on Sunday morning and the praises have gone up and you've listened to the word and the hallelujahs have risen and all this. You're in the spirit with God, but then you get on the parking lot. Then you, sometimes you don't even get outside the church. But then you get in the parking lot and someone says something or does something to you and you move so quickly from being in the spirit with God to being in the flesh with humankind. Mm -hmm. God said that doesn't work. Amen. God said to tell you to turn to Romans 8, verse 5 and 6. Romans 8, verse 5 and 6. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 8, verse 5 and 6. When you have it, speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. What page? 916. 916. Page 916, Romans 8, verse 5 and 6. This sermon this morning is to do some good for you. This sermon this morning is not to have a good sermon. But some of you wonder why some of your prayers 
have been answered no. Okay, when God promises these wonderful promises in his word, God said, you got to examine yourself. Okay, Romans 8, 5, and 6, watch this. Those who live according to their flesh have their minds set on the flesh's desires. Y'all hear that? Mm -hmm. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But, look at the but. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. God says the mind that is controlled by the flesh, the ultimate result is death. The mind that is controlled by the flesh, the answers uh, to your prayers is going to be no. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Do you see why God had to tell Moses no? He had to tell Moses no because he had went from walking in the spirit with almighty God to walking in the flesh with the people. You say, pastor, how do you know that? Because first of all, he called them rebels. Yes. He called, he called them a, he called them rebel. You know what a rebel is? A rebel is someone who rises in opposition to the governing authority or rulers. So he's saying in effect, when he calls them rebels, he is saying, you have come against me. You have come against me. He's not saying you have come against almighty God. He said you, and you know how else you know that? Because he says, must we bring water from the rock? Do you see that? Must we bring? He's not talking about God bringing water from the rock. He said, what do you think you want us to do? Bring water. He's taking the credit, the responsibility, and all that kind of stuff on himself. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to stop here for a minute because I, I want you to know that this occurred one year one year before it was time to enter the promised land. Mm -hmm. We know that they had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. So now it's been at least 39 years because they got one year to go till they reach it. And what has God so ticked off, and you may not like that expression, but what God has God so ticked off is all this time we have been together. The It's been over uh, 40 years because they were traveling, uh, being delivered out of Egypt and all the, God said, all the time we have been together and all the mighty miracles that you have seen me use you to bring about to set these people free. And this is where you are spiritually. Mm. 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 This is where you are spiritually, where you're yelling at the people, calling them rebels and talking about, do I have to bring water out of the rock? He said, well, you should be so much further along. Yes, we walk together. Yes, we talk together. Yes, I still love you and all of that. But Moses, I expected more Amen. out of you. Yes. 
And God's saying the same thing to you Amen. this morning. Yes, All these years, you've sat under teaching of the word of God. All these years, I've done so many different things for you and revealed myself to you in so many different ways. And this is where you are, where you complain about where you are, where you're uh, uh, angry with the people, where you're moving in the flesh rather than moving in the spirit. God says, I got to tell you no. I'll let you see the promise, but I'm not going to let you enter in. Because you're not where you need to be Amen. spiritually. Amen. You're not where you need to be spiritually. Mm. Examine yourself. Oh, know and say, Lord, is it some things that are in me that has caused you to have to tell me no mm. about some things that were very important to me? Mm. Not trivial things, mm. but things that were important to me. Mm -hmm. God said, first of all, you didn't trust me enough. Mm. First of all, you broke faith with me. Second of all, you started moving in the flesh rather than moving in the spirit. And third of all, your third point as to why he didn't make it, the third point, does anybody know what it is? He, um, no, 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 no. One word. Starts with a D. No. Disobedient. I know that's what that was gonna be the one, but you were gonna get into it too much. That's okay. I understand. I knew you were on the right track. But he was disobedient, and it caused him. Not to honor God. Now, let me see what answer I get. God told Moses, you didn't trust me and honor me enough as holy in front of the people. Isn't that what God told him? Was why he wasn't going to enter the promised land? Isn't that what he said, David? Okay. So how does disobedience not honor God as being holy? How does disobedience not honor? Honor, God said it. God said it. I, I, I need, uh, uh, okay, right here. Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelite. You didn't trust me to honor me as holy in the presence of your friends. You didn't trust me enough to honor me as holy in the presence of your family. Why is it the disobedience does not allow you to honor God as holy. Once again, he took it upon himself and didn't let God do what God had. Disobedience, not allowing God to be honored as holy. Now, what you said is true, but how does disobedience cause us not to honor God as being holy? Let me tell you the answer because it's a sermon and not Bible study. Because when you walk in disobedience, and you claim to be a child of Almighty God, and you're saying that the God that you serve is not super holy because he'll allow you to do what you do in disobedience and just let you get away with it. Do you understand? God is a holy God, and God says that sin cannot come in his presence. 
Isn't that what he said? Amen. Sin cannot come in. So when you, or when I walk in disobedience and I'm walking in sin, I'm negating the fact that God is a holy God and I'm letting people think that you can live any kind of way and still be able to approach a all holy God and be right in his sight. Do you see that? Amen. That's how they were. And he was not honoring God as holy in the sight of his. He said, you're, you're the leader. You're the leader. I put you there to lead these people, to guide these people. I saved you so you could share with other people about the goodness of God. But you're not honoring me as being holy by the life that you live. Mm-hmm. Do you see it? Yeah. That's why God had to say no. Because God is a holy God. God is a holy. He said, be ye holy as I am holy. Amen. What is the fourth reason? The fourth reason is a biggie. The fourth reason is a biggie. You say, Pastor, what is that? The rock that he struck was the type of Christ. You remember typology? I've taught you about typology since I've known you. That's when you can see types of Christ in the Old Testament. The rock he struck was the type of Christ. Now, I want you to remember last week, I'm not going to have you turn to it again, but you got your notes. Last week, I had you turn to the scripture in the New Testament that showed you that the rock was Christ Jesus. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah. Remember it said they all drank from the same fountain. They all ate of the same. Remember? And said the rock was Christ Jesus. Remember me showing you that? Okay. So when, uh, uh, remember, we talked about the fact that there was living water with the woman at the well, the living water that flew, that flowed out of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the living water symbolized salvation. Remember, we talked about that. I don't have to do that again. But remember what God told Moses. God told Moses to speak to the rock. God told Moses to speak to the rock. That's how he was disobedient because God told him to speak to the rock. But instead of speaking to the rock, he struck the rock. Okay. Remember typology. The rock represented our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when the rock was struck, it symbolized our Lord's crucifixion. But the thing is, Moses struck the rock twice. Jesus was not to be crucified twice. He was only supposed to be crucified once. Okay, so if he was going to strike it at all, because in another place, remember we I showed you last week. You got to read scripture that showed you last week where God told Moses to strike the rock. You remember that? It didn't. God didn't punish him for that. Okay, that was symbolizing the crucifixion. Now, God tells him to speak to it, and because he's moving in anger, he's moving in anger, he strikes the rock, and he strikes it two times. Mm -hmm. God still allowed the water that was needed to flow out, and the people drank and their animals drank. But God says, you will not enter 
I'll show you the promised land. Okay. But I will not permit you to enter in to my promise. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to understand that sometimes God has to tell us no. Yes, sometimes God will extend his mercy and his grace and he'll give you a yes, even when you don't deserve it. I know he's given me a whole lot of yeses when I didn't deserve it. But sometimes depending on the outcome and depending on who's seeing what it is, because these Israelite people were watching the testimony. God has to say no. So the question for you this morning and the question for me this morning is when our prayers are not answered, is it because God has to tell us no because some of the choices that we have made? Amen. 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 Food for thought. God is a gracious God. He continued to love Moses. He continued to use Moses even in that last year. But he would not allow Moses to enter in because it would have been a bad testimony for the people. Do you see that? Yeah. I want you to understand that. Okay? There comes a time when God will tell each of us no. And when he does tell us no, then we need to go to him and say, Lord, can you tell me? Can you show me why? He may and he may not show you why. But he told Moses, I'm going to let you see it. But I'm not going to let you walk into it. I want to walk into every promise that God has for me. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We bless you and exalt you. I guess if there was one point that people, or several points, well, no, I think all of them people should be able to remember, but the fact of not trusting you. You've told us so many times, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So many times in Scripture you tell us to trust you. And when we don't, you say we're breaking faith with you. I don't want to break faith with you, Lord God. I ask that the people will examine themselves and examine this word that was sent and that will you, you will use it to shape and govern their lives. We love you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says amen and amen.